I am Brian Tennant. Uh, it's awesome to be here with you guys, uh, worshiping God this morning. Uh, I'm going to be preaching this morning uh, on the topic of love. Uh, everyone here loves love, right? Okay. Yeah. I myself am a gooey romantic at heart. I, I love the idea of love, the idea of falling in love, and being in love. Um, so today we're going to talk about love, but specifically love for God. Come on, Brian. We're going to talk about loving God, and so we actually have a video. I have a video. Uh, we, we actually I took a video to uh, ask a few experts about what they thought love was. So we're going to go ahead and watch this video. Okay. Yeah, it's perfect. Anything look at me. Okay. Okay. Well, what's this being created? What? First, tell me your name and how old are you? My name is Ben and I am eight years old. I'm Trey and I'm six and three quarters. I'm just a five and I'm five years old. Today, we wanted to ask you about love. Love? <laughs> Have you ever been in love before? No. Yes. No. Kissing and seriously. Have you ever been in love in a romantic sense? Yeah, of course, anything for you. I don't know what 
you don't have to have lots of money and you can just be who you are. It's pretty simple. What do you think true love is about? True love is like a mixture of friendship, appreciation, and like happiness. That's it, huh? that you would speak powerfully from your word, that we can leave here today better people for having heard from you. I pray that, that each of us will be touched specifically and specially by you, God. That we can develop a connection and become more and more in love with you. Thank you so much for this time. I pray this in your son name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Alright, so the first point today is portrait of a person in love. Okay. Now, so as, as this last video explained, there are a lot of differing views of what love is. I mean, well, love is, love, when I love someone, it means uh, I'll do the dishes for them. If I love someone, that means I'll write cards, I'll give them flowers, you know, or if I love someone, that means I'll sing them a song. Okay. There you go. But when it comes to our relationship with God, what kind of uh, concept do we use? When we think, okay, well, well, I love, you know, my wife. I love my wife. But what kind of love, definition of love do I apply to my relationship with God? Is it the same? Do I, tell, do I go, God, you know what, God, I'm going to give you everything, all the time. You are my first priority. Or are those just empty words? And I try to fit God in whenever I can. You know, God, like, I have other things I got to do. I got my job. I got my family. I got to take care of my house. You know, I, I got five minutes in the morning. And then maybe 15 a little bit later during my lunch break after I'm done eating lunch. We can hang out then. And a lot of times, you know, as much as we don't mean for that to happen, that's what ends up happening. Life gets in the way. Yeah. And so, uh, the first scripture we're going to turn to this morning, if you can uh, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the definitive scripture on love in the Bible. This is one you hear at all the weddings. This is the one that everyone's like, it's in a movie. Or, I'm sure it's in a couple movies. But, this is, this is one of my favorite definitions of what love is. And the Bible reads in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patience. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. 
It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And when I look at the scripture, um, it's kind of convicting. Because when I think about my relationship with my wife, and I, uh, uh, I tried to put my name instead of love. So I'd be like, Brian is patient. And most of the time, maybe not always, Brian is kind. Uh, yeah, okay. Brian does not envy. Brian does not boast. Brian is not proud. Uh, Brian does not dishonor others. Brian is not self-seeking. Brian is not easily angered. Brian keeps no records of wrong. It's convicting. Because this is what the Bible says love is. Right. It's not, well, love is kind of like. It's love is this. Yes. And when we think about our relationship with God, is, is this the kind of love we have for Him? Do we protect our relationship with God? It says love always protects. Do we protect our relationship with God? And there are times that I, I, I wake up in the morning, you know what? I had a late night last night. I can't, you know what? God, like, you understand, right? Like, you know, you were there. We, I was up late last night helping this other guy. You know, he was going through some issues. We were talking. I was up until, like, 2. So you'll understand, like, you know, if I can't wake up in order to, to spend time with you this morning. You know what, God? Like, I, I was up with my kids. God, you know, my wife and I had an argument. I, I, don't, I don't feel like having time with you right now. Because life gets in the way we stop protecting. Or maybe it's, it's trust. If stuff starts happening in our lives, it becomes hard to feel like, okay, God, I trust you. Yeah. I trust that you're going to take care of me. I trust you're going to provide for my family. Mm. This last year, I lost my job. And it became really hard to trust. I had just gotten married. I was like, my life is set. Okay. I am the man of my house. I have a good job. And then three months later, sorry, today's your last day. Yeah. And that feeling of, of, of emptiness, <laughs> that feeling of emptiness yeah. in the pit of my stomach, yeah. having to explain to my wife, right. I don't have a job anymore. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm not bringing any money in anymore. <laughs> Trying to figure out where, how are we going to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And it became really hard. And I even got to the point where I got annoyed. People were like, just trust God. You don't understand. Okay. Come on, Brian. Come on, Brian. But this is the type of love we are called to have. And the question that, that we need to ask ourselves, and I know I need to ask myself repeatedly, do I love God? Really? Or is it just something I say at church? Something I tell people, oh yeah, I love God. In next scripture, Psalms chapter 42. Okay. Come on, Brian. Awesome. Great job, Brian. The scripture reads, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Mm-hmm. My God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God. Mm-hmm. Where can I go and meet with God? Amen. I mean, the psalmist, you just hear it. Yes. You hear it. Like, I need God. Uh, recently, I don't know if uh, you guys have seen that movie, Unbroken. Oh, yeah. Most of you guys have seen it. It was, it's a movie about uh, an Olympic athlete who actually ended up joining the military during World War II. 
And at one point, his plane uh, crashes into the ocean, and they're adrift at sea for over a month. And I remember this, there's a specific scene, because they're sitting there, they have like a few cans of water, and every now and then it rains, but their lips are cracked. They're so thirsty. And we were watching this with all the other uh, team leaders. And at one point, all of us get up and go to the kitchen to grab a bottle of water. <laughs> just the idea of not being able to drink for a month was like, <laughs> just that idea is like. But when we think about our relationship with God, is that the same urgency, that same intensity? It's like, I need God. I can't go a day without him. There was a time uh, when my wife and I were just dating. Uh, she went away to Hope Youth Corps to serve in Philadelphia for about two months. Uh-oh. Wow. <laughs> she asked me, are you okay with that? Yeah. <laughs> but in, in that time, when we were apart, it hurt. I was, I was, I was thirsting for time with her. And every time we had a phone call, I hung on every minute. It was every minute was precious to me because we. I didn't like being apart from her. I didn't like like not being able to be next to her, to be able to share in her experiences. And then when I was counting down the days. I, had a, I downloaded an app on my phone and I put a date and it was counting down. Days, hours, minutes, seconds. I was like, 15 days, 21 hours, 5 minutes, and 10 seconds. Because I couldn't wait to be with her again. But I'm sad to say that a lot of times this is not how I know for me my relationship with God is. I'm not eagerly waiting. All right, six hours, and I gotta wake up and have my quiet time at six a.m. So excited! I'm gonna open up my Bible and just spend an hour reading. Because we don't think about God as an actual relationship. We can get we can get blinded by the world into thinking this is just some club we do. We're here and it's fun and it feels good. But when it comes to an actual commitment to a relationship with God, it falls by the wayside. Because, we, well, God's not here to tell me, oh, well, Brian, you know, you didn't spend time with me last week, and it kind of hurts me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's more on us. Are we spending time with God? Are we looking forward, savoring every moment? The second we close our Bible, we can't wait for the next time to open it. Does that describe your relationship with God? Psalm chapter 73 is actually one of my favorite psalms. Psalm chapter 73, verse 25. The Bible reads, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. If you've never read this psalm before, I highly recommend you do. Because before all of this, before his grand declaration of love to God, he's asking God, why is everything so hard? Why are all these people who don't love you getting all the blessings? Their life is so perfect. They're so happy. Nothing goes wrong. And then for me, everything is just so hard. And after a moment of reflection and reconnection with God, he says, and then I entered the sanctuary of God. 
And then I understood. And this is his conclusion. That there's nothing in heaven I desire except you. There's nothing on this earth that matters any more than you. Everything is about you, God. Because when you get to be with the person you love, nothing else matters. That's right. On my first date with Erica, after we just officially started dating, I had this whole grand date plan. We're going to go down to Long Beach. We're going to go to the pier. We're going to eat at this nice restaurant. We're going to have this huge group go with us. We're going to ride the little Ferris wheel. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> that afternoon, three hours before the date, I caught a 103 degree fever. I could barely stand up straight. I did not cancel the date. <laughs> because I was like, I am dating! I love her and I'm going to go! And Erica can share. I was like weaving, kind of doing this somewhere, holding her hand and being deliriously happy, but still like. But it didn't matter! We didn't do all the grand things that I planned. We ended up just going to dinner, and then uh, Pilar and Nick were there. <laughs> Nick actually drove. <laughs> because I, I was not gonna drive. I was driving. But that, to me, was so memorable and so exciting because I was with the person I love. I was reading a book recently called Crazy Love. Yeah. This book, uh, you guys read. Um, it talks about the love, the love between God and us. And one of the questions that it asked actually really stood out to me. The question was, if heaven was everything you ever imagined, all your friends were there, it was every, you could fly, you have, you know, like, streets of gold, like, you know, awesome house, everything was there, everything that you could ever want was there. But God wasn't there. That's right. Would you be okay with it? And I thought about it. And at first, you know, I had the, the reflex Christian answer, of course not! I need to be with God. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, does my, does my life reflect that? Does my life show other people, I need God in my life? Does my life tell people, I can't live without God? You can give me whatever else you want, but if I don't have God, there's no deal. Yeah. Great point. And it was, it was a really sobering point to me. Because I thought about it, about all the relationships I had, about what I can imagine heaven could be. I would really love to be able to fly. <laughs> but to imagine heaven without God. Right. To imagine heaven without Jesus. Come on. Wouldn't be worth it. Right. So as we think about all this, I don't mean to get you guys down. But the awesome part is that just, just because we're not there, the awesome part of a relationship is you can always build. Amen. Yeah, there you go. So the, so the second point is going to be remembering why you fell. Not fell down, but fell, why you fell in love. Okay. Right, nice. And the scripture I'm going to go to is in Luke chapter 22. Right. Verse 19 through 20. The Bible reads, And he, Jesus, took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus calls us to remember. 
Because as, as, as time goes on, and we do things repetitively, it can become routine. It loses the meaning. Earlier we took communion, and Stella shared, and it was awesome. She shared about, about how she loved God and how it was, it was an experience for her to be able to get to know God. But when we did communion week in and week out, when we come to church week in and week out, it becomes routine. The magic is lost. If I took Erica to the same restaurant every day, gave her a flower every single time to the same place, ordered the same thing, it would be fun maybe for the first two or three times. And then after that, it would just be like, there's no magic. It's gone. It's because we don't remember the reason why we're originally doing it. We just go through the motions of, of doing church, of doing being a Christian. And so Jesus says, remember Remember me. Remember what I did for you. Go back to the beginning. Right. In Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 6 through 8, this actually is scripture I like this because it goes, it goes a little more into depth about what Jesus did and, and kind of the perspective of where we are. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, the Bible reads, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, although for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And when I read the scripture, like... It, I had to think and realize the position that I was in. I deserve death. I don't deserve anything that God has given me. I don't deserve to be up here in front of you. I don't deserve my wife. I don't deserve the life that I have, the family that I have, the friends that I have. All I deserve is eternal punishment and death and hell. There's nothing I could have given in exchange. Nothing I could have given the God to say, God, here! This, this will buy me to heaven, right? Like, this is good enough? I did this, I did that. No. These are good enough. And God will look at me and be like, no. You can't save yourself. It would, just, it would be as if I was something on the bottom of the ocean in the submarine and said, hey guys, I got this. Let's just push on the roof of the submarine and we'll lift ourselves back up to the, to the surface. Wow. There's no way. There's nothing we can do. There's no hope we have until God said, I'll do it. Until God looked at us. Until God looked at me. And in spite of everything I've ever done, and, and not only that, but everything I will do, every messed up, sinful thing that I'm going to do in the future, God saw that and said, you're worth it. God said, I'm going to send my son. And he's going to take your place. Jesus says, remember me. Remember what I did for you. Amen. I did this because I love you. When you meditate on that, when you think about that, about how much someone loved you. We all have people in our lives that we know love us. You know, we all have people that, you know, oh yeah, I know they love me. I know my wife loves me. And I know she loved me. She would give her life for me. And I would give my life for her. But to think to a degree, I know, 
if I mess up enough, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot of stuff to work through. But for God to look at me and say, no matter what, it doesn't matter. From this point forward, I love you regardless. That blows my mind. To understand that I can never fall too far, that God can't reach out. That I will never be too sinful. I will never be too far gone. There's no such thing to God. In Isaiah chapter 43, uh, this is actually, I call this my, my love note scripture from God. Okay, yeah. um, I, I like to keep cards. You know, over, over the years I've collected a lot of cards from people and I have, I have a box specifically of cards from Erica that, that she's given me over you know, our dating relationship and even into our marriage. She's, she's written me cards and have little knickknacks and things like that. But from time to time, I like to go back and read these letters, remembering you know, what our relationship was like before, you know, what kind of things we were into, how we talked, and just rediscovering each other for the first time. And this scripture is one of, the, one of those scriptures for me where it's got, like, I feel God speaking to me, yeah. specifically. Yeah. In this scripture, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 through 4, the Bible reads, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. That to me is, is the biggest thing. God comes right out and says, because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you and nations in exchange for your life. God comes right out and says, I love you. I will give up entire nations for you. Wow. How can I not feel love? Right. Yep. How can I not feel just in awe yeah. and want to love back? How can I not respond to this? See, there are, there are scriptures like this for all of us. Yeah. I know each and every single one of us has one of those scriptures where we can, where we can think back and remember, this is God talking to me. Mm -hmm. This was God reaching out to me saying, come here. I love you. Come spend time with me. And these, these are things that, that cause us to remember why we fell in love with God in That's the first right. place. Why we committed to saying, Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of my life, and I will give everything for him because he loved me. The awesome part is there's a, there's a reset button. We were actually, I was talking with Alex, we had a, we had a marriage class with all the, the team leaders who are married. And uh, it was this awesome series called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. It, it's, it's funny. So it, it, it's actually a really great series. If you guys, if any of you married people want to try it, it's really awesome. It's a DVD series. But at the end of the session, he talked about uh, this, this concept called the reset button. And that no matter where you are in your marriage, no matter uh, what kind of fights you've had, you have the ability to reset, to go back to where it was before, to where you, you first fell in love. 
And that process is simply by taking each other by the hand, apologizing for everything you've done, and committing to being better. And the awesome thing is we can do that with God. No matter where we are in our relationship with God right now, the reset button is right here. We can always say, God, I'm sorry. Let's, let's start over. God, I, I know I haven't been living the way I needed to live. Please, let, let's start over. And so my third point is renewing your vows. With our relationship with God, we've all been given something amazing. You agree? Yes. Being loved by a cosmic, all-powerful being. Specifically. Not just, oh, I love you as a people. But specifically, I love you. I love you. I love you. I died for you. We can take it for granted. We can let life sweep over. And that's when we need to take time to reset. In Mark chapter 12, verse 30. The scripture says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. This is a part of recommitting. Saying, you know what, God, like, I, I know our relationship isn't where it needs to be right now because I haven't been living this way. I'm recommitting to loving you with everything that I need. And the, the, the interesting thing about this is that when we commit to something, when something is important to us, it shows, right? Like we value things and we place priority on them. Uh, for example, um, your phones, right? We, we put them in nice cases, you know, we, we put protective seals on them. We, you know, we make sure that they don't fall or drop. We would never do that. Right? Because it's a valuable tool. It's expensive. But see, sometimes we can treat God like that. We say, God, you're valuable. We love you. But I have something else I got to do first. You know what, God? I, I don't really have time to put you in, in the spot you need to be right here, where you belong. I'm, uh, there's no space here for you. So uh, I think there might be some space over there. Yeah. Just, just sit there for a while while I figure stuff out. Okay. Loving God with everything means putting God above all else. It means prioritizing God first. And it should show. Yeah. It should be obvious to people around you that God is first in your life. Yeah. That he does not take a back seat or the leftovers of your life. Yeah. God gets the very, very best. Yeah. We cannot treat God like he's okay with leftovers. That wouldn't fly in your marriage. That wouldn't fly in your relationships. Where you know what? We're best friends and I love you. But... I don't really want to hang out with you. I don't have time to help you. You need to move and no one's going to help you? Sorry, dude. I can't help you. I got my own thing. That doesn't work. Come out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, the Bible reads, In fact, this is love for God. To keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. Obedience and humility are huge aspects in a loving relationship. And when we, when we love someone, we do things because we love them. Right. Not necessarily because we love to do all those things, right. but out of love and respect for the other person. We will go out of our way. Yeah. I don't like spiders. 
I am, I am arachnophobic. I hate them. They creep me out. I, I understand why God designed them, but no. But see, before, I didn't have to deal with it because I lived at home with my parents. Dad was a man of the house, so that's it. But now being married, I am the man of the house. And so anytime I hear Eric in the other room going, I need to kill a spider. <laughs> and I am not excited about it. I am not excited as a prospect of going near something like that and having the possibility that it will jump on me and just seeing them there, just, yeah. But because I love Erica, I'll do it. It will overcome my fears and step out and I'll be the hero. God calls us to love him in the same way. Okay. It's not going through the motions. Right. I have to do this. Oh my gosh, I need to go to church. Oh, I gotta read my Bible. Right. It's I love God. I want him to be happy. I want I want our relationship to be in a good place, to grow, to become better. Yeah. And so because of that, even though this is hard, it might be hard to trust him. It might be hard to deny yourself, to serve, to love people that, frankly, probably you know, are hard to love. But God says, this is what I command. And we say, you know what, God, because I love you, I'll do it. Amen. Finally, my last scripture as we close out. John chapter 15, verse 13. Let's go, brother. Jesus sets the ultimate standard for loving someone else. John chapter 15, verse 13 reads, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And Jesus could say this because that's exactly what he did. He saw you, he saw me, and said, I love you. I love you enough to die for you. I will take your place. And we committed the same. The day we said, Jesus is Lord, our lives no longer became our own. Right. We laid down our lives yeah. for God. Right. Life can always cause us to forget. Yeah. We can drift. Yeah. We can forget our love for God. Right. But we can always renew our commitment to God. Yeah. And so this morning, as we close out, I have a few practicals for you. Yeah. I like practicals. First practical, set up some personal time with God to renew your vows. This is actually key because it's part of that reset button. No matter where you are, no matter how bad you feel like your relationship with God is, take some time. Reset. Renew. And if it, if it means going someplace special, I know for me, I love going to the beach. I feel like I can really connect with God there. Someone for, for someone else, it might be the mountains, and maybe it's just a quiet room in your house. But take some time. Really, really recommit your love for God. Second part goes find a love note scripture from God. I shared mine. That's mine. You guys can have it. I'm kidding. You guys can have it. If it really touched you, I, I understand. But take some time and find that love note. For, for those times where, where life gets too hard and you start to forget what love for God even means. You can go back to that note and see, wow, God really does love me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Finally, include telling God a quality about Him that you love in your prayers. We all love being loved. We all love being told how awesome we are. God is the same way. Tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him what it is exactly that you love about Him. Is it His, is his grace? Him always coming through for you? Taking care of you? Taking care of you? Loving you? Maybe just being funny? God does that. But in return, what that will also do will reinforce it in your own heart. Right. Remembering, God does this stuff for me. So as we close today, let us renew our, renew our vows to God and commit to truly loving Him. Amen. It's time.